of all the biometric identification techniques like fingerprints, eyes, voice, and other personal characteristics that can't be easily imitated or changed, facial recognition is the form that most closely mimics how humans identify each other. How it's done and how best to use it, I don't know. But in this episode, 2251, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be answering the commonly asked question, how is CGI used for facial recognition on the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a returning fan, it's really great to see you again. If you're new to our podcast, a special welcome to you. In today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, Sean and I will be providing an answer to another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com, this time by Chen W. from Rochester, New York. And Chen asks the CG Bros, how is CGI used for facial recognition? I'm Bill Johnston, an industry veteran, and I specialize in 3D animation and digital VFX for the likes of Activision and Sony Computer Entertainment, just to name a few. And by the end of our discussion, you'll not only know what facial recognition really is, but you'll also learn a little background of how it was developed and how the field of computer graphics has propelled this technology forward. Be sure to stay to the end of the podcast because we'll be sharing how this powerful technology has been combined with AI and what's being planned for, the, for it in the future. I'm Sean Johnston, also an industry veteran, professional CG artist and animator in the video games industry with over 28 years of experience. Today, I'm currently a full-time animation director and we're grateful to be your host for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. So thanks for asking us a great question, Chen. What is facial recognition, bro? You know, it's interesting. Uh... It's one of the biggest developments in a larger category of, uh, of a computer technology called com computer vision. And uh, it's, it's really revolutionizing the uh, computer technology as a whole, um, and especially with the addition of AI and machine learning-based algorithms um, that we'll talk about later called neural networks. Uh, you know, it seems, Sean, the capability of facial recognition is, is, is almost endless. It's, a, it's really a technology, and, and what it does is it, it finds and recognizes and distinguishes basically human faces. That's, that's its main purpose. Um, you know, it starts with it? an image. Uh, mm -hmm. go, go ahead, sorry. No, no I was going to say, go ahead. You, you start with an image, go ahead. Yeah, and then uh, it's, it's assigned a data set that's, uh, you know, and, and the, the, the assignments and the coordinates of that data set are unique and distinctive, and, and they basically outline the features, uh, or biometric features anyway, uh, like, you know, uh, your eyes and where your sockets are located and where your nose is and your chin and your corners of your mouth and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's in a so nutshell. So as you're saying, basically, it's uh, facial recognition is basically a technology that uses statistical measurements of people's facial features to digitally identify them in photos and videos or real time, right? Yes, that that is exactly <laughs> what it does. You know, it it it, it, it sounds that sounds like a very technical definition. So, so yeah, oh, basically, no, I made that one up. <laughs> oh, you did? No, that, that was very good. I mean, it it, it basically the computer is looking at your face, and it it basically maps out uh, you know your face in coordinate space. And uh, your, your face is a unique, uh, well, most people's faces are a unique shape, even if they're similar, they're, they're very uh, unique in, in very subtle uh, ways, you know, either you know, in, in an asymmetric manner uh, or, or just, you know, people have, you know, scars and, and whatnot on their faces. And so, um, you know, facial tracking is being used to do all sorts of things these days. And uh, there's some amazing uh, technologies that's being, being advanced. But why don't we go ahead and start with the, maybe a little bit of history, you know, kind of give a little back, background of, of some facial recognition and how CGI is really... Well, let me just make a point here before we go into some of the background. You know, 
you know, CGI refers to, or computer graphics anyway, refers to three main things. And we've talked about this in past podcasts. You know, first thing is, is the manipulation and representation of an image in the, or data in a graphical manner and uh, the various technologies that's required for, for creating and manipulating it. Um, you know, it's, as well as the digital synthesis uh, of that data as well. And so that's kind of what facial, recogni facial recognition technology is you know, at its core. Well, going back to some of the history of that, uh, great point, by the way, uh, was back in the 60s. It basically saw its roots back in the 1960s when uh, it was manually implemented by a man named Woodrow Wilson Bledsoe. What a cool name, actually. Um, and so that, that he's basically considered the father of facial recognition. And they used it on, um, they used a developed system of classifying photos of, of faces through a RAND tablet. Uh, which was basically a graphical computer input device. And with that device, uh, they manually recorded the coordinate locations of facial features, uh, for example, a person's mouth, nose, eyes, and even their hairline. And with that logged uh, of various faces, uh, they plotted new photographs against that database to identify individuals um, with the closest numerical. Oh, you've got it up there. Yeah, very, very similar, right? Go ahead. That's oh well, I, I was yeah. This, this is kind of this. This shows some of the basic coordinates uh, markers. They're called. There's 21 facial markers, uh, you know, that that they basically uh, relied on. But yeah, and this is one, one version of it. But you know, it, it, we, and we talked about how this was done in in past podcasts, where they you know in our 3D scanning pod, recent podcast on 3D scanning, where you know we you actually use an armature and you you used uh, you know a te, you know a, a stylus and you basically mm -hmm. you know place data points, you know, you track data points across, across a, a 3D object um, using a grid. And that's basically the, kind of the same way facial recognition works, but uh, a lot more sophisticated way. Right. And basically the, the uh, 1960s was kind of severely, uh, severely hindered by the technology of that period. So uh, that was basically a foundational basis uh, for facial recognition. And uh, it just, at that time, there was a lot of inadequate power, you know, power for the computers to meet the demanding uh, computer rigors required to you know, scale and re refine that technology. And then you go to the 1980s, where basically uh, there's a huge leap in computational uh, facial recognition. Um, and so they, there's a thing called uh, IGAN. Uh, basically, the 80, 80s to 90s, there were significant developments uh, using... Um, applications of linear algebra, which I don't uh, like to, to even look at. <laughs> so, uh, and so that was, uh, Agen face is basically what, um, it's kind of a weird name. Uh, Igan, I guess Igan is really how you say it. Um, but it, it, it would analysis, it would do an analysis of a feature of on a set of images, um, and, and, and form a basic set of, 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 uh, features and kind of, uh, create a normalized, um, uh, kind of a norm or a, an average of all the faces of a set of like, let's say, well, you've got it up there right now, a bunch of faces, let's say a thousand faces. It would cr basically blend them all together into a normalized average of all those faces. And then it would detect, uh, uh, so if you had a face that was slightly different, it would take that average and look at those individual faces and see where, the, where it deviated. And that's how it was identifying. And that's basically the method used today is and all the deep learning algorithms are, are basically using a lot of the, um, for the recognition today, of facials, uh, facial recognition solutions. So, 
Yes, and this approach was actually, a, a, you know, was using a low dimension, you know, a low, a low resolution, low dimensional uh, facial image representation data set. And they, they proved that they, it could actually be done using this technique, um, uh, you know, from a collection of, of the database, like you said. And that's, that's really how facial recognition is, is done uh, today, uh, where it's just basically the algorithms are just getting so more, much more sophisticated. But, you know, we'll continue on with it, with the, the history of it. And I guess what, in the 90s uh, to mid-2000s, DARPA got involved, uh, which is the Defense uh, Advanced Research Projects Agency, I believe is what they say. Um, but they were working with NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, and they released what was called Facial Recognition Technology, or called or FERRET uh, program, uh, which basically unleashed it to development uh, on, the on the consumer market um, and that's really when the technology, you know, started to really take hold, especially with law enforcement back in 2002. And they, they latched right onto this facial recognition, as you think they, as you know, they would anyway, and then um, applied it in what's called critical techn technology testing scenarios, which, of course, means using it in the real world. And, you know, they always say they're not doing something and they they, they usually are. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, anyway, that's an instance of that. Uh, and, you know, once real world testing begins, uh it's just a matter of time before um, it makes its way into everyday use, of course. Yes, yes, and and there's also some, they didn't talk about the, the annual ImageNet large-scale visual recognition challenge that they have every year. And that particular challenge in the, in the 2000s, uh, probably around 2010, um, there was, at that time, they were doing these um, challenges of the ability of the algorithms to correctly classify images of uh, faces um, it, with a certain degree of accuracy in, the t in 2010, uh, a good classification error rate um, was about 25%. And uh, that was actually in 2012, um, they started besting those results by getting error rate down to 15.3. And then now right around uh, the end of uh, 2015, I think they're down to 3.6. So it's, their error rate is incredible, uh, incredibly accurate as far as um, finding and, and, and distinguishing a particular face, uh, even while it's moving to the side in, in, in real time. So it's, yes. it's pretty yeah, I was just say, Yeah, it is advanced. Well, you know, the, it's, I think it's even smaller than that uh, at this point, Sean. But here's a, here's a, a graph that actually kind of details the over time from 2012 or, or, and using the different kind of uh, algorithms to kind of glean out the information. You can see by 20, was it 2015, 2015 the error rate yeah. of the computer is actually lower than the human, <laughs> you know, yeah. at 3.57 as opposed to 0.5. And it's actually gone down. And there had been some initial, uh, you know, uh, you may not know, uh, initial controversy surrounding the identification of certain races of people um, in the in the system. And initially that that had been the case, you know, we were talking back in in, in the early days, and, and even as recently as you know, ten, five years ago, say, but but you know, I, I'll tell you some of the some of the algorithms now, and the, the, especially since they've combined it with with huge databases of, I think the problem was really they they didn't really have enough in the database to classify, say, African Americans or or, or Asians or or you know anybody who wasn't white because the, the database had been trained on folks that were white, and so it, it had a higher error rate among some some uh, people of color. Uh, but that's all that's practically gone now. And so we, we don't really need to worry about that really as a as an issue going forward at this point anyway. So basically, how does it work? Uh, how does the, the facial uh, recognition work? Well, it, it first. Well, first, it, the first thing is you have to detect the face. And so there is an algorithm. And that's that's where the, you know, the new technology comes in where you can actually, you know, 
computer vision comes in where the computer can actually see things. I mean, that's 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 a huge breakthrough. And so from that, that point, you just basically uh, determine the highlights of a person's face in an image. And uh, that's the first step anyway. Um, and then from there, you kind of extract the facial features. It's called facial, facial feature detection. Um, and that's basically just another algorithm that calculates the anthropometric anthropo uh, points in your face. Um, you know, it indicates characteristics, characteristics like I was talking about earlier, like the eyes and where the pupils are located, the corners of the mouth, even the thickness of the lips uh, is taken into account. Um, and so there's, there's now 68 points uh, these days that are, that are considered on the face that, that kind of is the minimum that facial recognition software uses to, to kind of recognize things. Yes, and you, you did mention that it actually measures the facial analysis, uh, the, the distance between the eyes, the depths of your eye sockets, the distance from your forehead to your chin, the shape of your cheekbones, like you said, the, the contour of the lips and ears and chin. And so those are, the, those are used to identify the facial landmarks um, to distinguishing anybody's face, really. Um, and then, of course, step three is they convert that image to data, um, which it is, is a set of digital information based on those features. And then it's an analysis um, is essentially turned into a mathematical formula, and it's called a face print. Um, basically the same way your thumbprint are unique, each person has their own face print. And then of course the next uh, step after that is, is finding a match. Um, so your face print is then compared to, against a database of other known faces. For example, you know, the FBI, I didn't know this, but have access to up to 650 million photos and um, they can search, uh, oh, on face and Facebook uh, as well as any photo tag with a person's name becomes part of Facebook's database. I don't know if you knew that they did that. Uh, it's been, been around for a while. Um, and so, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, with Facebook, yeah, they, I mean, that was, that's, that was back in, gosh, Sean, early 2000 or 2010, something like that. Didn't they start with the facial tagging, the tagging on Facebook? Yeah. And then I, I guess you can opt in and out of that, um, now because of, um, right. privacy things. <laughs> um, they've uh, actually instituted that oh, for a while, good. I think. Well, it was interesting because, you know, you tag a couple people in, a, in a photos, then suddenly all your photos had tags of everybody you knew in them. It was, it was right. very interesting how that, how that all worked. I, did they delete all that, I wonder? I don't know. <laughs> mm, probably not. Um, I just know that they're, they're basically um, estimated that over half of the world's population is touched by at least uh, some type of facial recognition technology regularly. So if not yes, more it, by now, right? Well, I was going to say, yeah, because, well, look at smartphones and smart technology anyway. I mean, that, that, that's, that's embedded into all that smart technology, you know, such as smart TVs and your smartphone. I mean, that's how, uh, I mean, they work together with voice recognition uh, as well to kind of add that little extra layer of security. But, you know, you don't even need your remote control anymore. You can just control your, your devices with your face uh, on your, yeah, on I your, just, on your, go ahead. Yes, I, I just also heard just recently somebody was saying, oh, don't don't use facial technology on your phone because somebody could take a picture of your face and then use that to open up your phone. Um, I don't know if it actually uses an actual video of your face, but I mean, if it has a video of, of your face, let's say on, a, on, a, on, you know, you took a video of somebody and then you put it and then you try and open up the person's phone. Let's say you grabbed it. They say always use your use a code or, you know, pin number to get into your phone. That's um, really interesting. So it's really interesting. Well, I wondered, would Snapchat have the same kind of issue? I know we, they've got a lot of, they found a lot of success with the, those cool filters. You know, we were even messing with those here recently, so, you know, avatar filters. And, you know, do you think that uh, Snapchat would, would, would have any issues uh, with that? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. That's it. That's, um, I know that there are certain, you know, certain uh, software out there right now that can basically uh, detect whether you're wearing a mask. 
um, including a, a fake rubber mask. <laughs> so it's, you know, and I know with the pandemic, you know, people only showing their, basically their eyes. Um, I, I know that they're working on, um, you know, detecting people's faces, even with those on. I don't know how, how correct or how good it is, um, but there's, there's also um, software now where you can do automated, uh, automated uh, gender recognition. So you can uh, identify a subject's gender based on a still image or, or motion stream. And they say it's, uh, the quality is 93% on still pictures and 97% on videos. They also have, for example, if you're, um, uh, you know, if you're wearing a mask or something, they can do thermal face detection. So they can actually look at your uh, body temperature, um, you know, screen for fever or simply improve your, the security um, to distinguish real people from photos and 3D masks. So I'm thinking maybe they're using thermal detection if somebody were to take their phone of, of a person's image and write and try and unlock somebody else's phone with that. And then of course they've got automatic uh, age recognition now, um, uh, facial expression recognition and motion detection, whether you're happy and other in China sometimes or in Japan, they're talking about people behind the desks of like uh, McDonald's and, and they have facial recognition, you know, pointed at their, their, um, their workers and to see whether or not they're smiling at the customers as they come in. So it's kind of creepy a little bit, <laughs> you know, we yes. talk more about that, but the pros and cons of this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, they're using it used in banks as well. Uh, I mean, at ATMs, they've been used at, at ATMs for years just as a way to prevent fraud uh, to kind of verify. That I think it's a pro person. definitely, but you know, I, I just, I think, you know, and you were talking about people with masks on and COVID and stuff. I, I you, you know, you're wondering how accurate that is. Um, I was doing some uh, reading recently. I thought I, I read it was uh, up to 85% accuracy, uh, even with a mask on now. Oh. Um, and they do use some of that infrared technology. And it's like seeing right through the mask. They can see the, you can see it. They can see the contours of your there face. There you are. So. And that makes total sense. <laughs> I know, um, um, you know, some, obviously you want to talk about any of the pros and cons of each or. Um, well, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, I just wanted to. Sure. Yeah, I think I, I absolutely. Sure. Sure. Yeah. OK, well, I mean, some some of the pros, obviously, the, the advantages of it are increased security. Right. Um, helps identify terrorists and criminals and things like that. And I know in, in I think it was 2002, at one of the Super Bowls, they had uh, they started using those and found, um, you know, actual criminals that were coming into um, the, the actual stadium. Um, and then of course it identified a bunch of people by mistake too. The, there's a bunch of errors in, in, involved with that, but so that was 2002. Now we're probably, like you said, better, better uh, finding it than, than a human, um, reduce crime. Um, you know, especially, you know, companies can use face recognition technology as a substitute for passwords, like we were talking about to access computers. Um, and then of course, um, you know, that technology cannot be hacked as there's nothing to steal or change it, uh, as a case with a password. Um, you can, you can, uh, remove bias from stop and search, uh, greater convenience, they say, right. Faster processing, let's say at, uh, in an era of cyber attacks and advanced hacking tools, companies can use both secure and fast technologies and face recognition to, uh, enable quick and efficient verification of person's identity. Yes, and the cool thing about that is it's real. It's real time. This, this, these, yeah. these, these systems, Sean, can they can scan footage in real time and and do the do the, you know the integration against the database, you know, the comparison and and find these people in in, in virtually real, uh, practically real time. And so that's a, that's a huge advantage when you're talking about you know keeping bad people out. Uh, for, so. for oh yeah yes and, and that's of course it. go ahead go ahead huh? I was gonna say the some of the disadvantages of that are. You know, you, you some worry about the surveillance of this, you know, along with, uh, 
you know, cameras and AI and, and all the, the data that's being collected on, and, and which could possibly be used by nefarious people to restrict your, or governments to restrict your individual freedom. Um, so, so that's, that's, the, that's obviously a, a, a big touchy subject because a lot of, com- uh, in fact, cities, 2019, San Francisco voted to ban facial recognition. Um, it was the first ban of its kind uh, on the use of facial recognition. In fact, um, Boston Globe on 27th of June, uh, 2019, uh, they reported that Somerville City Council uh, voted to ban facial recognition. So that was making that the second city community to do that. San Diego did the same thing. Um, and that included uh, using it uh, for law enforcement as well. Um, Oakland, San Diego, Boston, Portland, Massachusetts, so, and Virginia. They, they're banning those things because of that. So they don't want it to be abused and they have to, um, you know. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a good point. I, I also, well, see, there's two sides to the coin is they, they want to they try it out. And so they try it out without our knowledge and then they, they actually start using it. And then when people start getting upset, then they, then they you know, implement a ban. But, you know, San Diego was one, was one of the cities that was a, a test case for this technology and uh, in the city of Carlsbad specifically, um, you know, up where my studio is. And uh, so it's implemented all over the place. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, that casinos and gambling, you know, establishments have been using this technology for for decades, and they're they're on the cutting edge as well. It's like you said, the the, the border access and 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 uh, law enforcement agencies. But uh, you know, even when I came in, I, I recently took a trip down to Mexico, and when I came back, they actually used facial recognition to allow me back into the United States. They uh, scanned my driver's license, and they. Uh, uh, it came up against some facial recognition software uh, that was photo, you know, real time video of me at the time I was standing right in front of the camera. So it verified my identity that way. It was a pr- pretty amazing thing. And so, you know, there are some really scary things and there's some good things. Like you said, I mean, at Tambu International Airport in South Africa, you know, here's a kind of a cool thing that a coffee company uh, created a campaign that uh, used facial technology to kind of read the, the, the face of, of people going by. And if it saw them yawning, it, it called it, you know, it, it stopped them. It said, shout it out to them and, and, you know, uh, dispensed a free cup of coffee to them. So, I mean, there's some cool little, you know, marketing things and, and, uh, retail and advertising uses for this technology. I mean, think about walking into a store and they greet you by name, you know, uh, or the, or the, the avatar Creepy. greets you by name. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gonna, <laughs> Sean, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's, you know, it tracks your eyeball movements of, of of people in cars and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, just to make sure, you know, the auto, like the, the autopilot's one of those things where it'll, it tra- tra- you know, you've got a, you've got a Tesla. It tra- it, that that camera is tracking your face, especially with the auto. You know, if you have auto drive engaged, to see if your eyeballs are are not paying attention because the auto drive won't work unless your eyes are fixate. You know, you're paying attention. I don't know if you know. Yeah, I don't have yeah. actually have that on the Tesla. That I actually have a. Um you know, you have the, I don't have the self-driving as a matter of fact, I do have uh, where it keeps you in the lane. Um, okay, and, okay. but you have to grab, you have to have your hand on the wheel, like every, you know, 15, 20 seconds, it actually uh, will turn off if you don't grab the wheel and kind of adjust it slightly. But, uh, you know, talking about the good, the good features of it, um, in CGI, um, Tencent basically, uh, has a, has an app called, uh, Microvision and they use that, uh, face detection to, you know, track key points on the face using deep, deep learning technologies in real time um, to basically um, adjust or, or remodel the appearance of online, almost like Snapchat does, right? But it actually narrow, it can narrow the face, um, your eye distance, eye corner thin, you know, make your nose thinner, mouth types. And then um, 
a lot of uh, right now short videos are like gigantic, uh, especially you know now on you know Snapchat and and TikTok things like that. Short video creators are using these face recognition software things to create short videos, um, and so that's a that's a that's a positive. And and one other thing which is really really cool is um, is Disney. Um, their technology right now is using um, uh, this technology to go through their entire archive of. For example, um, tagging. So tagging, you, let's say a, 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 um, an animator wants to find a particular shot that they did in a previous uh, sh a film. Um, and so you could go back through uh, and find, let's say, an explosion that happened three seasons ago and then reference that in the, for the current season and find it very, very quickly. So they're using this to, to go through even animated uh, you know, characters on there to, to detect those faces. And then also have a have meta tagging that's going on, so you can, um, you know, basically find things very very quickly. Uh, that's a really cool cool idea. Go ahead. <laughs> Our faces Go ahead. are being tracked right now using uh, AI, oh, that's true. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to be a ten billion dollar industry by twenty twenty five, and especially in the surveillance and security area uh, for quote personnel management. Uh, <laughs> yes. great, right? Mm -hmm. I know, mm -hmm. but uh, even the robotics industry. But you know, the next ten years are going to really bring, I think, a, 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 a paradigm shift in in our lives based based on the technology. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. And we didn't really get to the ethics of it, uh, which which we'll be doing in another podcast. You can count on it uh, because that's a very interesting subject, and that has been uh, asked. Uh, that question's been asked as as well. So, uh, stay tuned. Well, you know, if you've got some ideas about so some of that, uh, we'd love to hear, uh, you know, what guidelines the government should be using to follow. And, uh, you know, you can tell us about it by leaving a comment uh, below. And we want to thank you for being part of our podcast today. And we do them exclusively for you. Uh, we had a great time answering Chen's question. How is CGI used for facial recognition? And hope that you learned something that you didn't know along the way, because here at the CG Bros, we believe everyone needs to learn at least one thing new every week, whether they need to or not. And uh, if you did enjoy it, please help us out and share it with some of your friends because word of the mouth is still the best kind of endorsement uh, for us. So we, we'd appreciate that. And hit that like button too, because it helps YouTube find other people like you who are interested in CGI and VFX related stuff that we talk about here on the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. And by the way, if you're uh, interested in uh, any subject that you'd like to hear us talk about, uh, in our podcast, you can let us know by uh, heading to the CG Bros website, thecgbros.com, up to the About Us tab and clicking on the Ask Us Anything drop down, just like Chen did. Also, we're always looking to improve our podcast and, and we need your input. Please leave us a comment below, uh, good or bad. And if you do, no guarantees, there's a good chance we'll uh, read it uh, during one of our future podcasts. And just in case you didn't know, we bring you a new cutting edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week where we discuss everything having to do with computer graphics, CGI, animation, digital VFX, as well as other related and interesting topics. You can also find an audio version of our podcast on all the major audio podcast platforms as well. Be sure to check out the CG Bros YouTube channel for your front row seat for some amazing CGI short film entertainment created by some of the most uh, talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today. Um, also individual creators as well, of course. Uh, you can find some cool VFX breakdowns and behind-the-scenes making-ofs as well. So check those out. Yes, and uh, we are always getting new films. Every week we get new, new content. So uh, if you think you've seen it all, you haven't. Go check out our YouTube channel. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you here again uh, for next week's podcast, where we'll be taking a look uh, back on the last incredible year of 2022, Sean, and, and we'll be recapping some of our most memorable moments. Um, we'll be taking a look at some 
some of the uh, most uh, popular videos on our channel over the year. Uh, and we'll be touching base on some milestones uh, for our new media producers and our YouTube channel as well, and much more great stuff. Uh, you, you'll be you'll be pretty uh, entertained. So set yourself a reminder. Uh, you definitely don't want to miss this one. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that one too. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how is CGI used for facial recognition? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube, and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, Subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, cgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will give us their CGI look back for 2022. This has been episode 2251 of the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. See you next time.